Welcome to a Meet Head Hippie podcast. This is a podcast with one of my favorite people, Lisa Limberger. We have done a podcast before where you really dig into her story, how she got into understanding neuroplasticity and the brain and creating the Neurosculpting Institute, her own story of meditation and getting struck by lightning. <laughs> it's nuts. So that's episode 105 if you are interested in listening to that first. And today we just got to sit and talk about so much, so much goodness. Uh, both of us have our North Node in Pisces, so we like to joke that we are mermaids, but it's not really a joke. This is real. <laughs> we are mermaids. And it is a conversation about how we are feeling and navigating how spirituality can have a side of side to it that doesn't allow for accountability or releases responsibility from the individual. So an, an, a unique conversation around spirituality in that sense and boundaries in a way that I really needed to hear um, in this time that I'm in. So I hope you love it. I think you will because she's so fantastic. You can find all things Lisa at Neurosculpting Institute. We are collaborating in a really cool way, all involving the bird quiz. So first things first, if you have not taken this personality test that I have co-created called the bird quiz, please look at the info in the podcast and try it out. It's a 44 question test that helps you understand how to find what is needed for you to most quickly and efficiently feel, heal, integrate. And it makes more sense once you take the quiz, but it has been the joy of my life <laughs> to bring to you all. And I wish I could explain it I just can't. <laughs> it's so weird and so cool. It's everything in one place. And when things come through you, right, that's how ideas happen. They come through you because you're open and you're receiving, which means you have to be open to receive, which is what this bird quiz is all about, is learning how to receive. Uh, you just kind of go with it. And for me, the layers that are coming from this are just so multidimensional. They're everything I've wished for for myself and for the people I love. And what is so beautiful about it is that in a world of digital and tech, to really bring back in-person experiences. And although right now it's just in Denver, we have bird classes at the Neurosculpting Institute every Tuesday, a rattlesnake breathwork class. Uh, then we're partnering with Third Space Yoga, a hot yoga studio in Denver for all of December to do Monday bird classes every Monday at 6.30. And eventually little two to three day experiences that pull this all together. And I hope that if you're not in Denver, you get to visit. And if you are in Denver, then please reach out and come to these classes. They are incredible and healing and enlightening and wonderful. And I feel so grateful to be able to plug into that type of community using Neurosculpting Institute's home base, the birdhouse there, and Third Space Yoga, 
So we just had our first Impala dance class with Ali, Zen, Love. I mean, just so much is unfolding, and I just feel so grateful. So thank you. And if you are curious about BIRD, and maybe you took the quiz and you don't understand it, or you want to understand it more, I am hosting a free seven days of BIRD program challenge. And I use challenge lightly. That was always obviously my thing is challenges, but it's hard to say this is a challenge because I want you to embody your bird. So you're going to retake the quiz and be the highest. So if you're the highest beluga or if your highest is rattlesnake, even if it's slightly higher, what would it look like to be that for seven days? And I'll guide you through that completely. So there's a link in this as well for you to sign up for that. It's completely free. I really want to put all of my thoughts <laughs> and help you understand how to, how this can help in not just movement and macros and micros, but with your meditations and with your daily practices and how it can help with our mental health in such an exponential way. So I'm so excited about that to really put that together and I can't wait for you to experience it. So sign up. It's always going to be available so you can't miss it. Even if, even if you're listening to this five years from now, I would love for you to participate because I think it's so cool what you can learn and what it does is open up and let things happen. And in my book, The Process, it's all about do, feel, know, make. Those are the four chapters. So my process is this roller coaster of a ride going through and finding how to figure out the do, feel, know so that I can make, create from utmost integrity of self. And when I think about my role in this lifetime for this body that I'm in, it is to teach people how to feel. And that is when this quiz and this personality test and this archetype system, the bird quiz came through. So I feel so honored to be able to bring it to life and continue to learn and grow. And it's just so wonderful. So really thrilled about that. And then my last thing is that I care so much about taking care of the whole of us. And there is now on platformdaily.com a Google type search bar. So we kind of created our own Google, <laughs> which I'm so obsessed with because fuck the man. <laughs> But that's not why, it's just also just fun. It's so fun. So if you are looking for core work or ab work or hip mobility, or if you have knee pain, go to platformdaily.com and type in knee pain, hip pain, hip mobility, and see what comes up. And we'll take care of you, the whole of you. You can also type in beluga or impala, and you will see more and more things on that website to make sure that we are taking care of not just the physical body, but the whole of you. A little bit more, the final thing, supplements are everything. There is so many people still in my life really struggling and getting sick for various reasons, not just COVID, but it's also very relevant to COVID. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to eat well, we have to hydrate. And if you are not on a supplement routine, the seven day bird challenge 
dive into this slightly, but I highly recommend finding baseline supplement support that works for you. I am obsessed with my supplement line because it is the cleanest, purest, most regulated, no fillers, artificial flavors, no bullshit, pharmaceutical grade. And we are having a Black Friday sale. So if you are interested, go to myempirica.com, get on the newsletter list, check out things like zinc, vital Bs for methylated B vitamins, magnesium, which is called Trimag, and D3K2, even if you're not perfectly consistent with your supplements. When you remember and you take them, it is giving yourself and your body and your mind and your soul a hug. It is your self-care. It is your self-nourishment. Stay as consistent as you can. Find supplements that are high quality, that don't make you burp fish oil, that don't make you want to puke. That's why our omega-3s and our zinc are fantastic is because of how bioavailable they are to your system. And if you would like to try, please go try myempirica.com and uh, keep a heads up for a Black Friday sale. Okay, this is about Lisa. Here we go. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for listening. I love being connected with you all in this way. I am especially while I'm in Denver, I'm such a rattlesnake. So I love using my voice and I am so grateful for your ears that hear and you all giving me space to be my entire meathead and hippie self. Big love and happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. self-promote hey <laughs> Try to take one more. lisa wimberger so that's german it is of german origin and i used to think i was 25 percent german uh and 75 percent sicilian and then i did the 23 and me what are you i am 98 percent sicilian no no 98 percent from nine regions of sicily sardinia and greece and I'm like 2% North African and 0% German, <laughs> even though my grandfather is from Germany. What? I know. It, surprise. I know. Surprise. I was just talking about 23andMe today because someone asked what my descent was in German because Schramm, right? It's very, very German. Mm-hmm. And I am Eastern European, a little bit of Greek. Mm-hmm. But what I discovered the most about it in my 23 and me, the thing that I liked the most was the fact that I have like the 98th highest percentile of Neanderthal. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's awesome. Well, you don't look a day over 97% Neanderthal. Woo-hoo. I thought that was so funny when I found that out. Wow. But it was cool because, oh my gosh, actually even more cool considering our yarrow so as soon as i found that out i just researched about neanderthals Mm -hmm. and i'm reading a book i've been reading it for a while so i need to like really sit and read it but it's called think like a neanderthal Hmm. history and kind of just in general but there is this crazy fact that really freaked me out and this is before i really knew herbs were my north star Mm -hmm. 
and Neanderthals were buried with my two favorite herbs when they got buried, and it was yarrow and marshmallow root. Oh my god! And <laughs> was that like to send off to the underworld or something? I think so. It's protection. Wow. It was protection for yarrow for sure. Marshmallow root. You know, it's interesting. You never hear about burial death ceremony rites from Neanderthals and cavemen. Right. Why don't we ever hear about that? Right. Hear about it from the Egyptians. Right. That is oh, such wow. a... Oh, wow. It's so wild. I know. And you were called to all that yarrow. I know. Oh, my God. I know. You're tapping into oh. your, your Neanderthal <laughs> I'm just Maybe it's all... Maybe all I'm meant to do is just follow the yarrow. I think you're expert at following the energy and the flow and the intuition. Uh, well, I was listening to our first podcast, Lisa, on the way over. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cool to know our connection points and then now seeing it blossom in such a more tangible way mm -hmm. with breathwork last night and all the things. I mean, it's just incredible. Well, and it's funny because our mutual friend who does our astrology charts <laughs> in his mind was saying, oh, you and Emily both have your north node in Pisces. And he's like telling me all the similarities in the ways that he realizes why we're so drawn to like collaborate and excite about things. And I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. Oh, well, it's so, so we were in breathwork last night with Anthony mm -hmm. every Tuesday at the Neurosculpting Institute. And I really did the whole time feel like a mermaid. I mm -hmm. felt like we were all mermaids, especially mm -hmm. to my right, which was where you were. Mm -hmm. And so I took a picture of a card today that I pulled and I couldn't wait to share it with you, even though you guys can't see it. I wanted to share this live with Lisa. I said, this is us. <gasps> oh my, <laughs> that is perfect. It's a mermaid, people. And she's sitting on like a rose quartz ro rock. In the middle of the ocean. And she has her hands up in the air, mermaid fin, and it's number oh six. Oh my God, it's pleasure. amazing. <laughs> that, that was is, what I felt like at breathwork last That night. is perfect. <laughs> I felt like that too, except I was a little more jellyfishy. Oh, which is such a perfect animal for you. I love that that always comes up. That makes yeah. a lot of sense for you. It's new. It's a new thing that keeps coming up for me. I feel like it's reminding me to flow more. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, you balance the alpha female business person thing. Mm. It's and a work in it, progress. It's a work, mm -hmm. but it can be so masculine. Oh, Denver, too, adding yeah. no water, yeah. right? Yeah, it can be so masculine mm. and so... Now what's coming up for me is these references to jellyfish and just how peacefully it seems mm. they float and how strong they are, though, in their gelatinous floating. Right. Like they can sting, they can propel, but they can oh. just float. And I'm trying to remind myself of that. I love that so much because they are very alien-like. They're like mushrooms, mm -hmm. right? Not of this world. And they take over if they are, you know, in if they find s things that help them, they are so they thrive, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing that can stop them. Do you want me to read my jellyfish animal book? Ooh, yeah, please. Okay, so this is Stephen Farmer's animal book guide that I love. He, I just think he's the coolest. Keep your faith strong and know that life will supply everything you need. Practice the art of non-resistance going with the currents and movements of life rather than fighting them. Be a little more cautious at this time with any work you're doing in the spirit realm. Be sure that you're getting enough water. Organize your work in your home so that you're more efficient and effective. But if it is your power animal, 
you have absolute faith that you'll be provided for no matter what. You're very sensitive and responsive to the natural rhythms of the earth and easily flow with them. You prefer living with a group of people within a community, one where everyone tries to be cooperative. You're very organized and like to manage and coordinate events that require these kind of skills. Mm. Weren't you a project manager before? I was. How I was a project <laughs> manager in the corporate world <laughs> with spreadsheets and project planning things. And, but I do love to run events, yeah, especially events where I can get other people to flow. Mm. So that is actually really perfect. You are so good at events. You do retreat, big retreats and I dancing. Do. And I do. I love uh, them. I didn't know I even liked doing that. And I started doing retreats for neurosculpting probably like eight years ago. And I was like, this is this is the way to teach. You know, you get to be immersed. People eat together. Mm -hmm. They they bond. And that bonding creates its own container. And then I started doing the dance retreats mixed with neurosculpting and sound healing. And, oh, it's just so dreamy. Like, <laughs> I sometimes I can't believe... I get to be like I get to create an event that I want to be at uh, and I get to create it out of my mind and everybody's so happy while they're there <laughs> and I get to provide for people and feed people and just everyone is taken care of mm. and magic happens when everyone feels taken care of and I love this idea you had posted something kind of funny that I was just so we're both on that same path, right? North Node and Pisces or whatever mm -hmm. it is, mermaids on a rock. But there is something really strong about getting off of the digital world as fast as possible with experiences mm -hmm. and in person. And it's just not even a factor. Like, it's not even a thing. Like, as soon as you get back into being in a room with people or as soon as you have the opportunity to have conversation in person, it is... I would love to talk about that for our nervous system mm -hmm. because it is insane. It's like you, I couldn't even imagine not having that still. Like people are mm -hmm. still struggling finding that. Yeah. We are born, designed, and wired for co-regulation. Um, it's why we have a prefrontal cortex, right? Because we need social experiences to co-regulate. Mm -hmm. We're learning co-regulation as infants, like what does the caregiver's face look like? What do the facial expressions mean? What's the tone of voice mean? That's our first mode of like learning the world. Mm. And the digital world is not to replace the, the human connection world. It's an add-on. And it certainly did in a pinch during pandemic, yeah. but... It's not a replacement because it's missing a bunch of key things the nervous system needs. The nervous system needs the prosody of voice, the sing-song quality of other people's voices. We need eye contact. We need pheromones. We need hugs. Like, this is all, like, wired need for the brain. Um, and But it can go in either direction. We can co-regulate ourselves into fear and stress and that's why fear is contagious right because we're we're co-regulating towards that mm. or we could co-regulate in the opposite direction co-regulating in the opposite direction takes intention because yeah. we're we're wired to value negativity bias more if if we're given two pieces of information this is this is proven i just actually read a study on this uh, last week if you're given two pieces of information 
one is negative, one is positive, your brain will have more neural firing around the negative information, Mm. meaning we're more responsive to that. Naturally, it's so that we self-protect and save our species. So to co-regulate in the direction of health and well-being takes intention, takes attention, and it takes, um, I don't want to say integrity, but it takes a level of like kind of having your heart and mind in the right place. Alignment? Maybe? Uh, yeah, alignment um, with, your, with your purpose and your, your mission. And if there's like um, an agenda underneath it that's oh. not in alignment, then there may not be that co-regulation in the positive direction. Mm. People, we can feel a cognitive dissonance when we are in the presence of people whose actions, facial facial expressions don't match their intentions. We can actually feel Um, that at a neural level. We can detect that doesn't feel safe, right? Exactly. Mm. We can detect fake smiles. Mm -hmm. Um, and that will create cognitive dissonance inside of us because we're having a person, a visual perception, but we're not having a neural response to Mm. joy that we would, if that was a real smile. So we're literally able to feel when something's not authentic. And so co-regulation in a positive direction takes powerful people choosing for the positive and that's why i love the retreats the experience because the container often when people create retreats they're con- they're creating with a lot of intention at least in my experience me as an organizer and other organizers i know there's a lot of hope and thought and goals and planning that goes into that and and then when the time comes and everyone's there especially if the food is local Mm. and organic and the place is specializes in doing retreats of like a positive uplifting nature all of that plays into it and it's so powerful Mm. I was just thinking about the local food piece of I just got done doing that little cooking show revival because I haven't done that in a while and she got all of her vegetables from Colorado and afterwards we were just like vibrating right it's like you can feel vibration of certain foods and frequency of land and it makes sense because they're all roots and so they're the ones with the most potency of what this land holds just it's like the more you can feel that the more you that's why I grow a garden I love your garden so much you know (laughs) that was all just like little bits at a time and me really wanting to make use of a yard in the city so that I could feel connected to the earth. And the the irony is living in the city has connected me more to the earth because mm. I wanted to balance it so much that I forced myself to create a garden and then a greenhouse. And I get to like realize over the summer that 90% of my plate is from my backyard. <laughs> and I have, you know, the jarred garlic and the tomatoes and the dried tomatoes and the dried fruits and berries because I got a dehydrator and it's just so amazing in the middle of the winter to like pull your dried fruit and put it in your oatmeal or something (laughs) it's so great but I was so um, even more inspired for the garden when my mother passed I just had a small garden at that time and um, she she wanted to be cremated so we got her ashes 
And I took her ashes back and I thought, what am I going to do with them? Like she has no connection to Denver. And here I have her ashes with me. But what does she connect to? And, you know, my mother was Sicilian, so it was always making us tomato sauce. Every Sunday she made tomato sauce. Every single Sunday. And I thought, what if I sprinkled a little bit of her ashes at the roots of every tomato plant that I planted so that she could be in the tomatoes? And then I saved the seeds Mm -hmm. of those tomatoes. And I've planted those heirloom seeds every year and my tomatoes are grown from the seeds that my mother's ashes fed so she could keep feeding us which is what her purpose in oh life was oh my gosh and so beautiful that made me do more gardening yeah yeah you're just it's this connection oh my god i didn't know that yeah your whole garden i mean especially with the yarrow when we mm-hmm. so we reconnected after i came back from maui and I felt like your plant, it was so funny. We hadn't even talked about herbs. We were talking about the bird quiz and mm-hmm. s- doing some meditations at the Institute and what that would look like. And I, your Montserrat, like, I swear it like reached out and hit me. And it was like, oh, plants, tea. Do you drink tea? You're like, I love tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, I grow yarrow. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's my favorite herb. So we went and harvested it and it's just been fun to and it's already growing back again this is we've you've harvested it twice now just this season and it's already growing back and i'm sure there's going to be more baby yarrow before the snowfall wow i know it's crazy Uh, well you know how i feel about yarrow yes well i will give you plenty (laughs) more it's been so cool to like yeah now the gym has a little thing and i I put it at the front because i'm this is the protector <laughs> mm-hmm. have you tasted the tea yet yes so i've been doing so i have done it raw done it in tea and i'm actually testing smoking smoking blends with it to see like kind of what's happening with it um what's the flavor of the tea the flavor of the tea it's i mean yarrow just has a kind of a it's got a punch it's got a really big punch so as long as you are partnering it with something a little bit more floral it's mm-hmm. beautiful i love that flavor mm-hmm. And it's in general the like the deer medicine of like boundaries, you know. So I use it in ways of either I need a little bit more resilience because I gotta like show up to battle, and mm-hmm. I'm you know because the Achillea millifolum, millifolum was named from Achilles' heel, oh, and so wow, that's the genus of thinking of Achilles' heel, a wound healer. So in battle, if there was like a, you have to. You had to still fight, and so mm-hmm. yarrow was what was used the most Interesting. in those moments. I didn't yeah. know that. So I like I think of it that way of like, all right, I need to like protect myself. I got to keep going, but mm-hmm. not in a way of overextension, just mm-hmm. in a way of boundary. I think and kind of like a shield. Uh, so I think of it that way. But what yeah. about the? Do you know anything about the smoking properties? No, I mean for me the smoking properties, I, it's all intention, right? So. Outside of what I know of yarrow, it's all the same. Like if I smoke it, it's that same intention. Like I'm adding this to that blend um, either because I'm about to be around a lot of people and, you know, and I would love to know your thoughts about boundaries too of with your nervous system Mm -hmm. when you are needing to be social, you have very good boundaries. And was that always the case? Mm, I had... um, they appeared to be good boundaries when I was younger, mostly because they were walls. So mm. that wasn't good boundaries. That was right. just like excessive. Um, 
And then I did a lot, a lot of work to have good, healthy, energetic boundaries because as a person with private practice dealing with high trauma clients, if I don't have boundaries, if I don't have, I call it energetic hygiene, if I don't have that, I wouldn't have longevity in my field. I mean, I'm going on 15 years of private practice with traumatic people, people with um, all sorts of chronic illnesses, um, traumatic brain injury, like stuff that's really heavy. Yeah. Um, it's all about energetic boundaries. So for me, I do have protocols and I, I tap into the energy world. I, my training is in the energy world. So I make sure I clear my field in my own particular ways. I make sure, you know, if you buy into the chakra system, I make sure that my chakras that connect to my empathic self are closed for business mm. and that's counterintuitive for most people mm -hmm. but i i will guarantee your listeners who are empaths know they're overwhelmed overloaded and they're feeling like they want to shut down most empaths are overwhelmed because their boundaries are challenged um and it's considered a positive right to empathically feel each other mm -hmm. in the healer world but doing that without boundaries is toxic mm. and so I was so fortunate to have great teachers great teachers who taught me to undo everything I was intuitively doing uh, as a opening yourself yes. up and seeing wow as a connector I was intuitively well, this is important yeah hmm. opening myself because that's how I would um, get to know somebody and have them know me. And I was actually taught to undo that. In fact, when I first started studying energetics, my first impression of my teacher was that she was cold and sterile and I didn't get warm and fuzzy from her. And then I realized later, it's because she had impeccable boundaries and that made her a long-term teacher wow. capable of doing high-level work and yeah. helping people. Because that focus, that channel, it's clear, it's direct. It's There's no leakage. No leakage. And, you know, as people who co-regulate each other, our nervous systems are responding to the way uh, our nervous systems are conditioned. Like I said, all the physical indicators, tone of voice, but also the stress state of the body. And we're going to vibrate that off each other and the last thing I want to do is be co-regulated in the direction of trauma with a client who's traumatized. And that requires me to know how to manage my space. And I see it even in the dance world, you know, in, in partner dance, we're, we're touching each other and we're very intimate in that way. And I see people get overwhelmed and dismantle mm. because they're so open and now you're sharing other people's stories, energy, mm. trauma, fears, and you're amplifying each other. So for me, boundaries are critical. And we teach our facilitators what those boundaries are, how to recognize energetic boundaries, how to create them, and then how to clean the palette between each client and each class, and how to go into situations clean and neutral. Um, it's it's a lifelong practice right because it's when you said you mentioned 
energy or chakras specifically to empaths mm -hmm. is uh, what centers would those be well I'll, I'll just speak from my own experience because yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not a chakra expert but i will say that root and second are how i've come to know my body my physical needs and the way i can emotionally process and connect to others emotionally sensually and um in the body world mm. right um I tend to view the third chakra as a little bit more ego and power and a little bit more crafted. Um, so for me, when as an empath growing up, it was all coming into my gut. You know, th there's no, it's not a coincidence that we say gut instinct, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got an abdominal sentience. You can map that to the second chakra. You can map it to the gut biome, whatever you want to map it to. We've got a sentience in that abdominal region. And when that is doing its job, sensing the world, it can be very open. Mm -hmm. So for me, I am really making sure my root and my second are not reaching out to other people. Mm. And so I've learned techniques to like, close them more to have them be less tentacle like <laughs> and um, that has helped me immensely and you know it's not all or nothing you don't have to have your energy centers either open or closed there I view them like dials so you dial to the configuration that works for you in the moment when I want to be in my home connecting with my family I'm gonna be open yeah um, so for me, it's the root and the second. Hmm. Um, that is the most uh, uh, noticeable in need for me when I'm like empathically getting overwhelmed. And I love that this is where it went because I think in many ways we, so many people are self-aware, right? We are ready to be our best. We are ready to find that flow and that ease and that alignment and you even said this when we were talking about facial recognition and if someone feels safe about the idea that everything could seem right but it doesn't feel right and to me that's like so interesting because it's what I say isn't in alignment with who I am mm -hmm. so we're all on this seek of what's who I am and mm -hmm. in a it feels in a much bigger way than it it has been but maybe that's just because I'm where I'm at in my mm -hmm. life right mm -hmm. now so it's been there but uh it's interesting to see how quickly there's that fine line of seeking who I who I am and finding alignment and then like letting it keep us stuck in our traumatic patterns yeah right so it's I see this in a way that I don't it, it's just awareness of like okay that's so easy in the energy world or spiritual world to still stay in patterns that are you know as someone who came out of the energy world I would say it's even easier um, to stay in our patterns because you can use the con you can rely on the concept or fall back on the concept that I'm not my body I'm not that in the other realms I am a higher self and so you don't for me in that world I didn't really have to do the work like the accountability I didn't have to do the mm. work to clean up my traumatic body stories because I could just escape them 
and be in the ether realm and be like, well, my higher self is fine. Right. And that's just my body. And so that actually kept me stuck in mm. my patterns. And it's when I learned neuroscience and realized that my nervous system has principles that if I don't abide by, they're going to keep me stuck. And if they keep me stuck in those patterns, I'm going to keep escaping. Mm. And so learning the language of physiology, mammalian nervous system, actually helped me clean up the stories I had been running away from. I did use a lot of my energetic skills to clean up the stories, but I could only get my nervous system to listen by speaking its language. Wow, that's a great point. Wow. And yeah. then I felt safe and at home in my body. Wow. Which is like what I think we're all hoping for in this lifetime is to feel at home and peaceful in our bodies because we chose this body because we chose a body yeah. it's not like a side thought right <laughs> it's where we live yeah every moment of our lives mm. even before we knew we were alive it's where we lived mm. in utero and yet so many of my spiritual practices taught me i wasn't my body well, yeah, that's true. Of course, I'm not my body because I have a spirit, but I'm certainly not going to minimize it anymore because I chose to live in it for the 80 to 120 years that I'm going to be on this planet. Why would I not let it teach me, let it be the best home I could have, let it be comfortable and decorated magnificently? And I just don't get the siloing of spirit and body, it damaged me for sure. I mean, I was so dissociative during my most spiritual times. I was the most dissociated. I mean, I was studying with monks. I was doing energetic training. I, I did all those things and my body wasn't working. Wow. My patterns weren't changing. What was the, I need to like, the break, the step away, or the the step away was because you still are very spirit, you know. It's um, your, it's integrated. Yes, you know? it's integrated. Um, my seizures were getting worse, mm. and um, in fact, the one of the years where I was doing some of the most intense metaphysical work, I had the most seizures that year. They were life threatening. I was I had NDEs many many times, um, and when my diagnosis was you have a stress induced seizure disorder i was like hmm something's wrong with my meditation practice wow. because clearly i'm dissociated and confused because i've been meditating my entire life but i have a stress disorder yet i've experienced no massive trauma something's really wrong with my practice so the wake up call was my health was literally killing me and so what good does it do my three-year-old daughter for me to be so spiritually connected that i let myself die on her that's bullshit i'm sorry so that was my wake-up call was my daughter's gonna grow up without a mother because i can't get my stress disorder under control that's not okay so that's when i put all my spiritual practices not I didn't throw them out. I just put the focus on neuroscience. 
and needed to learn about my nervous system and my brain and my brainstem and why was I having seizures that weren't epileptic but something else and I got keys to the kingdom (laughs) through neuroscience I'm telling you it's like oh wait the body I live in matters Mm. and it has requirements can we talk some of those key requirements yeah and you actually talked about this a lot when I interviewed you for the mindset program. Oh, I love that. That yeah. was such a fun conversation. Some of the key requirements are, can you orient to comfort and safety? Hmm. If you can't orient your physical body to comfort and safety, you're fighting an uphill battle. So first and foremost, Whatever you can do, whatever practices to orient you to safety, and safety sometimes is too much for people. They don't have it. So comfort. So in any moment, if I'm overwhelmed or stressed, I'm going to ask my soma, my body, are you dry? Are you warm enough? Do you know where the bathroom is? Is this chair comfortable? Are you on solid ground? Where is the door to the exit? Am I sheltered from the environment? These are basic needs of the nervous system. If your mind can go to those somatic needs being met, then your body and your nervous system start to calm down. Mm. And then you start to move yourself towards expansive states, which is what we all want. You even move yourself towards flow state when you're not hypervigilantly trying to get your needs met. Mm. So first step, Mm. you have to physically orient to safety, comfort, basic needs met and then next step is if there's something you want to change you need to coax the nervous system into compliance you can't force a change you can't slam it with a surprise change and you have to actually spoon feed it small manageable change moments so it starts to get comfortable without being overwhelmed And so a lot of people want the spiritual download. They want the mountaintop experience where they come back and their life is changed. And they want the epiphany. None of those things are neuroplastically sustainable. This is so, it reminds me of that um, conversation we had about integration, especially post-plant medicine Mm -hmm. or any sort of big, heavy educational you know, okay, I'm downloading a lot of information, whether from above or from people mm-hmm. teaching. And I just, it's so crazy that that's, that's a hard concept. I, th- for me to really grasp, it took me a, like just now finally mm-hmm. understanding. I leave from this and it's going to take four months, five yeah. months, six mm-hmm. months, maybe a year. Cause I hate thinking long-term. Right. I, I'm such a, right now you know and that's a nervous system thing too of Mm -hmm. like where's my needs met in this moment versus this is and i think it maybe has other things there's other factors but that has to be a nervous system thing yeah i mean we're also our society's training us to have uh, instant gratification so it's part of our culture at this point um and change isn't the brain doesn't do change like that uh, the brain does the brain and the nervous system do change best when it's microdosed in the right way over time with repetition. And so the the example I always give is 
and that you're totally, all of your people will get this. Okay, I'm going to ask you this. You have five hours a month for gym time. Do you stack it all into one day a month? <laughs> okay, that seems ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So optimally, is it twice a month for two and a half hours? No. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So we're looking at three times a week, 20-minute high-intensity training for many people is going to be like, wow, massive change happens there. It's the same allotment of time. What have you done? You have microdosed it and you've added repetitions over time. Hmm. And that is how the nervous system learns. The big epiphanies, the 12 hour meditation sessions, they feel great, but that's like going to the gym once a month. What a great analogy. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's better is take your favorite practices, whatever they are. And make them small, manageable chunks throughout the day or a couple times a week. And don't worry that you don't have a whole afternoon on a Sunday to put towards your spiritual practice. But you have 10 minutes every day and that's going to equal an hour and 10 minutes a week. And your nervous system starts to become familiar. And what actually happens, it's exponential. Because you're teaching not only your nervous system new skills. But you're teaching it that change is not scary. Hmm. And so then it will expedite making changes over time. And you're, you're teaching it to get better at change by dosing it correctly with change. Hmm. Hmm. Spirit world does it. The, the, the spirit practices I've had don't do it like that. All in. Yeah. 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 And and then back to almost the same feeling that uh, organized religion might give you as a failure or guilt. If you feel fear, scarcity, you know, if you're not in alignment, it's like the spiral of then I am doing something incredibly wrong. Absolutely. Especially business owners. I see this a lot with like, but, it, but it's not working. I must, you know. Yeah. And then it's the panic of what am I doing wrong? Focusing on the negative, which, mm -hmm. which pulls the brain more. Yeah. When I was studying with the Ashayas, um, I studied with them for four years, and back in New York, and then the first year I moved to Colorado, and we would do cycle weekends, where I would either go to someone's house or I would host the monks at my house. And this way I could get the weekend That's for amazing. free, right? So if I hosted <laughs> Your them. Your life is so cool. <laughs> I love talking to you. <laughs> if I hosted them, I got the weekend for free. So I would just bring friends and get the weekend for free. And it would work like this. We'd have a little lecture Friday night and then we'd meditate for about four hours. And then we would meditate on the cycle weekends. We'd meditate all day Saturday from the time we woke up to the time we went to sleep. We'd break for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So we were meditating probably 14 hours on Saturday. And we'd do the same thing on Sunday till dinner time. And then we'd all go home. So we're looking at like 30 hours of meditation in a weekend. And I don't know how I got home. I floated home. I don't know how I right. drove my car. Right? I was just so blissed out, tranced out. But then Monday would come and I'd be back at work. And I'd still be reactionary. And um, now I'm going into those failure stories. What happened? I just spent 30 hours getting into this bliss state. And now I can't hold it. 
And what I was actually doing over time was teaching my nervous system that in order to regulate, you need 30 hours of concentrated dosage. Okay, that is not sustainable. Right, that's so much. <laughs> and so I would be on these super high highs. And then by Tuesday and Wednesday, I'd be in a low because I lost all the bliss. I'm back to my reactionary self. And now I have to wait two and a half, three weeks for another cycle weekend. Mm. Okay, so now I'm going to, I was meditating an hour before work, an hour, uh, I was meditating an hour before work. I was meditating all through my lunch period. I was meditating when I got home from work and tried to meditate before bed so I could be functional. And now with neurosculpting, I meditate like 15 minutes a day mm. and let, and then I do other mammalian nervous system supportive practices that hold it. Yep. Including eating right, working out at your gym, dancing, dancing, breathless, yeah, what, which could be meditation too. Yeah. So yeah. all the things, all the other things are in place. So now you can hold it mm. and it's not siloed. Like everything starts to integrate. Here's what my body needs. Here's what my mind needs. Here's what my gut needs. Here's what my um, pleasure centers need. Like everything becomes fed mm. instead of this got to be like this and you have to escape your world and you have to I was um I always forget his name and he did such a good podcast on dopamine and just like the idea that the Dr. Andrew Huberman yes thank you (laughs) I'm so glad I I have his name in my back pocket in case anybody needs it oh my god it was so great so that's the podcast of dopamine that kind of it just kept you know when things keep coming up and you're like okay get into dopamine and what I found was about coffee so I talked about this with Lexi in my last podcast about, you know, why did I cut caffeine and what that means for me? Because it's a huge deal. I mean, I just, for me, had it since I was 13 consistently, you know. So when I came back, I was like, okay, no coffee, not a big deal. Just focus on other things, positive. This is, you know, just another another thing. You'll get over it. But he talked about how caffeine helps uh, dopamine receptors increase and I all of a sudden was like this is making so much more sense when the lows are low in certain extremes they are lower than low and Mm -hmm. so it it keeps us in that spiral in a way absolutely Hmm. yeah you can't separate anything from your nervous system you can't because your nervous system is how we know the world it's how we make sense of the world so to not know about your own nervous system makes zero sense. What are the cues? I get a few, but like, what are your cues of my nervous system needs to reset? Is it just so you know, or what? Where's no, there are cues. Um, one is digestion. Mm, yeah. Your digestion is messed up. Your nervous system is messed up. Yep. Another is dry throat. Oh. Um, dry eyes, dry throat. Um, muscle tension. Mm. These are all signs of your nervous system having moved out of rest and digest and towards a stress protection response to some degree. And if there's no actual stressor, that means your nervous system is in a repetitive pattern. And so these are indicators. Um, Irregular heart rate, shallow breathing, 
um, holding your breath, um, and then repetitive thoughts. Cyclical. Yeah. And these are just like some of the somatic symptoms. And then shutting down. I was just, I thought of one, uh, you know how some people gradually fall asleep, Mm -hmm. but then there's people that they sit and they just knock out. Mm -hmm. They just fall asleep anywhere. I've noticed that a little bit more in that kind of hyper cortisol state where it's like I can literally fall asleep anywhere because my you must be exhausted yeah it's and it's living in that state for such a prolonged time so then of course there's the adrenal fatigue signs and symptoms and then there's foggy brain which is a symptom of stress yeah and so these are things that show themselves to me disrupted sleep patterns are going to be an indicator of stress um, and even the quality of your relationships. So for me, it's it's a very large set of indicators, and any one of them signals me that I need to do a self protective. I mean, a, a self care practice. Even if I don't feel stress, this is the f- this is the sneaky part. We normalize these responses so much that we stop noticing them when they happen. Mm. So it takes a compounded set of these things to get our attention. And by the time it all compounds, we're so far down the stress cycle that it's a real mess to clean up. So for me to start becoming aware of these indicators all by themselves and to not need to feel or perceive stress to notice the indicator and respond to it because we have desensitized to our perception of stress. So don't wait till you feel stressed. Just understand, if you're having trouble swallowing because you have a dry throat, go do a self-care practice. Hmm. Just understand, if you're shallow breathing, doesn't matter if your day's great, go do a self-care practice. Your nervous system's telling you these things long before your mind will validate Hmm. what it means. Yeah, and before you understand, you know, to justify what it means on the other end of self-care because we want like kind of if this then that in order for me to fit it in because we're triaging our whole life right completely non-stop this or that uh one of the things that came up i i thought i don't know why this came up but i wanted to talk about it more about integration of how you know i'm like on the hot air balloon all the time (laughs) Hello. What's up? What's over here? Um, (laughs) But with the bird quiz, always trying to really, you know, unfold for me, why did this thing come through? Mm. What is the intention of this? And I'll never finish the sentence of that answer, which I love. But a huge piece of it is figuring out a way to best integrate and figuring out a way that integrates in a way that's like, so subtle like that yeah. it doesn't necessarily of course meditation's a part of these pieces and that's the most profound i think for all of us to tap into alignment if we are ready for that but it is as simple as turn your phone on airplane mode and go on a walk and yes watch a sunset if you're a rattlesnake yeah. and <laughs> play In- play a song <laughs> two two separate thoughts one uh, i'll talk about integration first then i'll talk about the bird quiz um <laughs> Integration equals, uh, well, you need consolidation time for integration. So here are the levels of learning. This is from a learning design perspective. Level one is you get information. 
sadly, sadly, most courses, most curriculums out there stop there. You go to a conference, you're going to get level one. You're going to get information like it's just dumped on you. Yep. That means very little. Information means very little unless you metabolize it. Mm. Otherwise, it's just a pile of things that you forget about. So level one is information. Level two is did I comprehend that information? Did I have it connect dots for me? Then comes the need to metabolize what you've comprehended so that you can start to analyze it. Mm. What do those dots connected mean to my life and my situation? And oh, where are the gaps? Mm. Okay, that's analysis. Next level in learning design is application. How can I apply what I've analyzed and what I've comprehended? So, i.e., how do I make a change? And then, and then comes the highest level of learning, which is synthesis. Can I now create something entirely new that's never existed before for me mm. based on what I have gathered, comprehended, analyzed, and applied? Mm. So when, when we talk about consolidation, to get from comprehension to analysis, your brain and nervous system needs downtime. 100% if you don't take it, you will not get to analysis and you will halt your learning and your change potential. So that means the walk is critical. Playing music and interrupting your, 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 your concentrated thought. Um, you know, Andrew Huberman talks about ultradian cycles, knowing that you shouldn't push yourself past 90 minutes of concentrated thought before you take a consolidation break physical exercise, oxygenating the brain, all of these things, even though they don't feel productive to the task that we're supposed to be doing, are critical hmm. to the task we're supposed to be doing. And then our greatest consolidation time happens during sleep, quality sleep. Hmm, so that's a little bit about the need and the importance of consolidation. But then when I think of the bird quiz, whatever it was, that led up to what you're calling a download. The download was synthesis. Mm. So you might have spent years <laughs> before that. You gathered information. You comprehended it. Might have come from all different directions. You analyzed it. You applied it. The only reason, well, I'm going to say that like I know for, re for real, but I'm just, this is my own opinion. <laughs> the only reason you could download anything is because you were ready to synthesis from a lifetime or mm. a chunk of time worth of moving yourself through metabolizing parts and pieces yeah. of life. Yeah. And so your download, the reason we find it so magical is because we so rarely get to synthesis. Mm. And when we do, it's like, this is so freaking cool. Neurosculpting for me was synthesis. Yeah. And bird quiz is part of your synthesis and that means you've created something new from your authentic experience understanding yourself in the world and now you get to share that with others mm. and it's so cool <laughs> i think i think it is so freaking cool <laughs> that you downloaded an archetypal <laughs> system that 
simplifies and makes sense so people can start to see themselves relative to patterns, behaviors, activities. It gives people a nice scaffolding mm. to make sense of things that might have been confusing to them. And it's just so cool. <laughs> and you're doing, you're going to do more of that too, because I already know like your, your part of your energy that I love so much is you create systems. You disrupt systems, you see the vision for new systems, you see holes in systems, and then you create systems. <laughs> and I don't know astrologically what that is, um, but it's really cool. <laughs> well, you, I'm so lucky to know you. And you do it. You just do it. <laughs> well, from one uh, impala to the other, because this is um, a big piece of the creative spark. It is so contagious how it's so important to be around people that it's just about expression, right? And mm -hmm. as soon as you do it and see it in another person, which is just, I think, always our energy around each other. It's like being in your space. When I was listening to the podcast, remembering, sitting there and hearing about how your journey came to be. Like, it's just, so it's just beautiful. I think that that's the human experience is to always find people who it's like, that because it's in me and it's that and it's that's how we have to build this new world and this is where learning gets fun if you follow what lights you up so so when you feel lit up like we all understand that term but what's happening in the brain when you feel lit up you're moving towards something mm. and that is a dopamine cycle dopamine's job is to have you move towards something to have the desire to move towards something and so when you're lit up that to me that feels like dopamine and if you follow the things that light you up then your brain stays interested you stay engaged you tend to find more purpose and meaning because because um, you're giving yourself rewards and self-motivation and it just feeds itself so to be around other people that do that, that's gold. This is co-regulation, right? Yeah. It's like every time we're together, I come home with 5,000 new ideas. <laughs> and my husband's like, you're hyped up. I'd be like, yeah, I was just talking with Emily. He's like, okay, that makes sense. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> um, so, but that's co-regulation. Right. Yeah. Well, lucky to know you, that's for sure. Well, vice versa. Oh, well... Lisa, this is a, such a delicious drink. I just want to share this because yeah. we're sipping on some just hot water and chocolate mint sea salt so from good. Element Electrolytes. So just a salty hot chocolate, no sugar. It's perfect. You know, um, every time I go to Starbucks once in a while, but every time I go, I, what do you get? I ask them for steamed almond milk with one shot of mocha syrup and two packs of salt. And, no and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, just put the salt in. And it tastes just like this. Oh, my God. So salted hot chocolate. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I worked at Starbucks. You did? Long time. You never in put college. salt in a drink? Well, we had it for a while, salted hot chocolate, but I never would have thought. I just put salt in almost all my drinks. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Thank you for having a salty hot chocolate with me today. It's delicious, <laughs> as is the conversation. I know. I love talking to you. 
that was just a good I feel so good yeah yeah as we always do after yeah we, we do <laughs> like I'm gonna go home and create all new things <laughs> and build new things and <laughs> yeah I'm gonna go dance actually you are yes so we have some well let's we have to share so Tuesday nights at Neurosculpting Institute breath work with Anthony mm-hmm. Uh, we have a sound bath on Black Friday mm-hmm. with at 6 p.m. with Allison at Neurosculpting Institute. Mm-hmm. And then we're starting an Impala dance class. And so we're teasing it. T- today I'm going to go show Allison the space and we'll just go get weird Nice um, at Third Space Yoga. So it's hot yoga. So it's like so Impala because mm-hmm. it's heated and deserty. And then we'll start those bird classes in December on Monday nights. Nice. So we'll have us our three little triangle locations to... I love it. Spread the goodness. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa, for all you are. Listeners, thanks for listening to Meathead Hippie. And we'll see you soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks.